Hello, and welcome to the Writers and Illustrators of the Future podcast. This is John Goodwin, your host. This podcast is dedicated to the aspiring writer and artist and will provide inspiration and tips from top professionals in the field. Today, we have a special guest from Mumbai, India. She is a writer, illustrator, public speaker. She's also the founder of Youth Magazine, an international youth-led monthly publication aimed to bring positive change in the world by shedding light on issues of education, environment, racism, mental health, and international cooperation. She co-authored Young Storytellers and Perspective in Visuals, and her recent book, Alleys to Dreams, will be released by mid-2021. She's a former recipient of the Hindustan Times Scholarship Award, and her work has been published in prominent newspapers such as Hindustan Times, Times of India, Mumbai Times, and she was nominated for the Crossword Book Awards 19 as well. She was also selected as Yale University's Yale Young Global Scholars 2021. We met her when she took the L. Ron Hubbard Writers of the Future online writing workshop last year and became instant friends. With all that, she's a junior in high school in Mumbai. Welcome, Bagashree Prabhu Tendulkar. Welcome, Bagashree. Thank you so much, Mr. Goodwin. It's such a pleasure to meet you, and I'm really excited for this podcast. Yeah, me too, because I think it's it's really important to be able to provide tips and inspiration for our younger audience. We have a lot of people that are teens and even in their in their 20s that are aspiring writers and or artists, and I think what we're going to be talking about tonight is going to be uh, extremely relevant and something that um, will benefit every, everybody. So you have quite an impressive list of achievements. What's been your inspiration? Oh, my inspiration has probably been my past. Um, it's, it's like that I always look at my past achievements or my past failures, and I try to learn from them. I try to get some inspiration from my past and what's around me. And I try to mm-hmm. relearn things and I try to advocate them in my present. And then that's what inspires me to keep growing better and keep learning each day. Because I believe that even at a young age, anything is possible. Your age doesn't matter. And you have all the potential in the world to do anything and everything in this world. Well, you're definitely proving that to be a fact. Oh, thank so, you so much. Yes. In your LinkedIn biography, you state that you're an aspiring writer and aim to work in the media and creative industry and ultimately create a united world that doesn't bias on the basis of boundaries, gender, race, and religion, and education and opportunities that lay their hands on wide open for all those who dare to dream them. How do you envision this rolling out? Oh, you're totally right and laying out my dream. Um, So since a young age, I've always uh, been of the idea that although I belong to one nation, I also belong to this world. And that's the same case for everyone in this world. Because at the end of the day, certain problems like climate change, pollution, or crises, terrorism, they don't just affect one nation, one city. They affect the entire world. They affect the entire human population. I don't think so that barriers on the basis of language, race, or religion should restrict anyone from achieving positive change in a society. Why is it that opportunities in any other part of the world 
are quite limited uh, are quite limited in comparison with the other developed parts of the world if a child has the talent and knack to achieve and dream then the opportunities and the foundation to realize his or her potential should be as equal to that as a child in a developed country so my main aim behind founding the youth magazine or even behind writing poetry which focus on international cooperation has always been this that there shouldn't be boundaries in our mind or in terms of the land which can restrict anyone from realizing their dreams i am always of the opinion that every person should have the freedom to dream and should have the freedom to achieve it and not just freedom there should also be resources for each and every one because it is a human right to dream and to achieve and be the person you always want to be well that's that's very very nice now you've been doing this for a while so i would suppose that you have good support and backup from your parents oh yes they're quite supportive so as the people listening to this podcast are both will be young as well as you know basically parents what have you found that's been the most supportive for you or most helpful for you to be able to be able to pick up and walk on your own feet and not have you know um parents on each arm but to be able to move forward yourself with your own i guess your own initiative but what's been the biggest help from your parents to you know to help you accomplish this uh so my parents have always been supportive to me i think it was in my earlier childhood when they would always encourage me to realize my potential and to excel in as many things as possible and more than excelling to try to experiment with things because at the age of 10 to 15 it's a time when you can experiment many things and realize where you are good at and realize things that what's your potential and what can you actually achieve so i think it was in the time of my early childhood where they uh, where they helped me to just try to experiment things and encourage me to take part in as many activities as possible to scribble on paper to write things that to write things that don't even matter today but to try and realize that I'm capable of doing certain things it was the support in the early days of my childhood which has helped me become um independent today to realize my dreams and to realize what I want to actually achieve so yes they have been quite supportive in each and everything in every task that i do because without them i wouldn't have the resources that i'm blessed with today because i think not every child has the same resources as we do good that i'm sure you've got all these you know these visions and i know that we definitely don't have a a perfect world the fact that you're you've stated these goals that you want to be able to help overcome the obstacles to be able to achieve them what obstacles have you actually run into that you've been able to overcome oh so for me personally the obstacles that i've faced would be being a student at the same time while running an organization as well as participating in many activities and trying to be an author a writer and trying to be uh, the founder of a magazine because i think that's the biggest hurdle because you have to manage time and you have to manage many tasks at one time and when you are a student you also have not a burden but you also have a lot of tasks going on through your school you have a lot of expectations to fulfill and 
um this has been one of the biggest hurdles for me and also the second biggest hurdle for me has been my anxiety because i suffer a lot from anxiety so that is something i'm still trying to cope from because i'm always trying to juggle between many activities at one time trying to cope up with my calendar trying to cope up with my to-do tasks but at the end of the day i must realize that my mental health is the most important thing that actually matters at the end of the day i get it you need to have that for you to move forward in your in your game plan so you did mention that you've created your magazine so tell me about that and and how you're able to put it together and who helps you and i mean how do you do this oh yes i'll definitely tell you about it so it wasn't in, it wasn't until the end of july 2020 in the midst of quarantine during this pandemic that i thought that there was a need for a platform which enabled unfiltered and unbiased form of expression for the youth so uh, it has always been in the past and undoubtedly in the present too that the media has always tried to filter our opinions according to what the media needs and according to the assumption that the audience needs to hear something rather than everything so i i had this idea of developing a platform where not only me but every young mind who has something to tell a story to narrate and something to write and inspire could uh, could utilize this opportunity and be inspired to express their unfiltered opinions because at the end of the day there needs to be a platform there needs to be a safe space where you can uh, run out of your echo chambers and you can actually speak out on things that really matter to you because that's when change becomes possible so in early august i i actually developed a firm goal on developing my magazine and i started building a website because i felt that building a website was the most important element in founding the magazine so i used the software called wix and i kept on experimenting just as a child or anyone experiments when you get a new mobile phone or a new laptop so i kept on experimenting on this website and finally uh, www.youthmag.net came into existence and i'm so proud of that even today so the next steps would include um just promoting it on social media channels and trying to and develop podcasts yes 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 <laughs> totally promoting it on the podcast and on social media channels and trying to gain the target audience developing marketing strategies and growing with time because all of this has taught me a lot many things about this because i was a total amateur at the beginning of august and right now i can tell that i've at least grown to a certain extent where i know what my marketing strategy should focus on i realize my flaws and i realize my strengths too so yes that was a short glimpse about my magazine if you want to give me a deeper insight i'll be sure to tell you okay oh, so now so you're the editor or the publisher or both Oh, I'm the editor, I'm the administrator, and I'm also the founder of the magazine. Good. Now, how many people do you have working with you on it? Okay, so there are 26 international uh, members uh, in the magazine who actually work as designers and writers, but we have a reach of 2500 plus readers from 16 plus countries. So, we have team members which are generally writers, graphic designers, and writers include one for 
Instagram post and one for the actual magazine. Although we also accept submissions uh, apart from our team members on a monthly basis. Wow. So what are, do you know off the top of your head, what are the countries that you reach with your uh, subscribers? Oh, I felt, some of them at least? Oh, I felt overwhelmed. It was actually how I realized the reach. It was through my website analytics and also through the social media analytics where I realized that this has been our reach. And I was actually delighted because when you at the time of starting the magazine, I felt that I should at least have one person trying to read my magazine or trying to write in the magazine. But then, um, yes, uh, things are really bigger and bigger each day. And yeah, it's actually been a pleasure and a dream come true for me to actually work on this magazine, to work on this platform where I can, where it can not only benefit me, but it can also help many other young people like me who can write and express and use the creative and advocacy, use the creative mind and the activist side of their life to create an impact in the world. That's, that's amazing, especially considering, you know, that you started it last year when um, you, know, you were 16, you just recently turned 17 and putting this together while maintaining everything else that you, uh, that you described earlier on in this interview. So the types of articles, it's, do you get any support? Or is there anything from like any people within Mumbai or within you know the uh, adults within uh, the government or within your educational program, your 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 school, or is it strictly you working with other young adults who want to be able to get this message out? Oh, um, in terms of my in terms of running the magazine, it has always been yes. me who runs the magazine and it has always been uh, many young people trying to participate in the magazine but in terms of administering this organization it has always been me and i don't think so i have i have ever wanted to receive support no i've always wanted to but for this magazine it has always been me as a young child trying to run my own organization but there have been many uh, young people from the age of 12 to 21 who have been a part of magazine as writers, designers, marketing executives, and running this magazine as honorary on a honorary basis, and just yeah, driven people, purpose-driven people are trying to excel and trying to learn many things at a time. I get it, and this is it's a free magazine, correct? Oh yes, it is as of right now. Okay. Now you're is this a, is this magazine monthly or every two months or what's what's the the rate of uh, issue? Oh, so in 2020, it was a monthly magazine, but as things got bigger and bigger, we've turned it into a publication once every 45 days so that we can also accept many more submissions and we can also get a deeper insight into the content that gets into the magazine and not rush things easily, mm -hmm. yes, and provide a better quality of the content that we are providing to our readers as well as trying to improve our strategies and trying to improve the content and the layouts and the design of the magazine. Because there are many elements and many facets that go into developing a magazine. It's not just about the content, it's also about the design, the layout, how appealing it seems to the reader. I get it. As we do this interview, I'm also trying to make it so that people listening can be like, okay, so what does this have to do to me? How can I learn from this? So... In terms of the learning curve for yourself on 
I guess I'm because at first of all, I'll start with you're a writer, and then you became an editor and the head of your your magazine. So, as a writer, what was the thing that made you, I guess, improve? Was it just you just kept on writing and writing and writing, or what was your what were your, some of your successful actions to build up? Because I know you like writing. You've written books. Uh, you've written. You know, you write a lot for uh, newspapers, both the, the big. Uh, Indian newspapers, as well as probably your school newspaper, and then obviously for your magazine. So uh, I think so that whenever I read, I learn a lot. So as a writer, a big part in developing my writing side, I'm still developing it. So I think a big part of this paid in making me develop my writing skills to actually building a magazine and editing, being an editor, is reading books, reading until you don't get the entire gist of the book of the content and i think that reading and writing and editing it again has helped me gain a certain experience which has helped me now shape myself as an editor so from the learning curve i have always written poems um since seventh grade perhaps when i was a 12 year old child so i've always loved expressing myself on paper be it painting or be it writing, I've always loved expressing myself because that is a sort of therapy and it also helps me relieve my anxiety and try to express myself into words and do and with a lot of colors. So I've always been writing since a very young age. I've also been reading a lot of books since a very young age, which has helped me uh, develop that writer's mindset, um, the framework of how to actually write and how to develop that imagery and how to turn your imagination into real words and how to make your content appealing to your readers. So since I've started writing, I think it has always been proofreading over a certain time, which has helped me realize my flaws in my past writings and which has helped me to be better each day in terms of writing because it is something that I love. Writing and reading is something that I love, and it's not like a task that I have to do, which is on my to-do list. So that mindset that I love writing and reading rather than I have to write and I have to read has helped me to gain a deeper insight into that activity as well as trying to enjoy, trying to use it as a therapy for myself and to use it as to use it on a better and large scale, on, on the scale of a magazine. So, yes, I've always wanted to express myself, and in the course of time, it has turned into um, a platform that has, that has not just helped me express myself, but also many young people like me and many young budding writers express themselves. That's helpful what you just said there. Now, you won a major writing award. Tell me about that. That was – I'm – you know, again, as as I got to know you, the fact, you know, I've, I've won this award and I've done that and I've done this. So like, tell me about the writing award that you won. Oh, yes, totally. Um, it was in ninth grade when I actually won the award. So there was this award known as Hindustan Times Scholarship Award for Creative Writing, where young, uh, where young high schoolers are asked to develop an essay on the topic. So... When I entered the contest, the topic was social media addiction and what do you think about it and whether it is an addiction and how it is helpful for the society. So I developed my essay on, on that basis because uh, whenever you uh, try to glimpse at the reality, 
uh, whenever your Wi-Fi gets shut down or whenever the internet goes away, you get so frantic, you get so disturbed that as if it's a doom day and you cannot actually survive without the internet. And that's actually the truth. Uh, my Wi-Fi just crashed today and I'm working on mobile data and I was so frantic in the morning that how would I even work without the Wi-Fi? So that was the basis of my essay as how we have got so dependent, so addicted to this technology. So that was about essay. I tried to use a lot of creative uh, elements uh, while writing the essay because creative elements, because the topic was slightly a technological one, but I tried to turn it into a literature-based essay, if that makes sense. I tried to use a lot of creative elements, a lot of imagery in that essay and try to make it more appealing to the reader who is not so uh, acquainted with technology. And personally, I find uh, these technological essays very monotonous. So uh, that was how I framed the essay. And a month later, I got a call that, yes, you have been accepted for an interview with the editor of the newspaper. It's Hindustan Times. So I had been invited for an interview with the editor of the newspaper. So I was along with 30 other, with 29 other students. So the competition works something like this. There are 98,000 applicants every year for that essay contest. And from that, they select 150 students for the interview. 150, that is 30 students per grade. So I was selected for the interview. And from those 30 students, I was very fortunate to be selected among the top 10. And the top 10 actually get the scholarship. The interview went on something like this. It was... It was very enriching. The experience was very enriching rather than just the award because everyone along with me who was selected for the interview was very bright, very, very bright. And the experience and all was a very learning experience. And then total 50 students actually won the award. The scholarship was 50,000 Indian rupees. I don't know what's it in dollars, but it was 50,000 Indian rupees. That's a lot of... Of however, however it uh, gets cashed over here, that's a lot for a ninth grader. <laughs> now, you said also that you've been um, published in the Times of India and Mumbai Times. Is that Was that the same story or is this other articles you've written that have been published? Oh, they, these have been some other articles that have been published. So Times of India, Mumbai Times and Hindustan Times student editions are certain newspapers which are distributed among the schools of the country and which are actually platforms for students to express their opinions on the current affairs, on on school, on education-based topics. So I was a writer for these newspapers, where I used to express my opinions, where I used to write editorials for these newspapers, and uh, just keep on expressing things, even as a student, even as a very young student. So I used to write for these newspapers since I was in eighth grade. I must have been... 14 at that time. So, yes, I used to write since 14 for these newspapers. And it has always been an enriching experience because writing or editing or even managing a magazine is not something that you do in the course of a day. It's something that you develop from a very long period of time. So all these things, every little experience has been very valuable for me. I've always tried to learn um, whatever the experience could give me, be it a success or be it a failure, it has always taught me something. That's great. So if you're writing for these for these papers, 
Why did you want to break out and start your own magazine instead of just continue writing for these newspapers? Oh, uh, I had mentioned earlier that the media tries to filter opinions. By media, I mean that any news platform generally tries to filter opinions according to what the audience needs to hear or according to their own statistics. Or They try to filter it. They try to filter opinions and they try to filter on expression. So that's what gave to the idea that I must start a magazine which allows an unbiased and unfiltered form of expression, not just for me, but also for many young writers and readers who want to express their original and true selves rather than um, being fil- rather than their voices being filtered into something else. Okay, that makes sense. And that's, I mean, that's an amazingly um, astute observation of the media. And many people will just kind of either, I'm not going to, read anymore or they'll complain about it or they just buy into it but you actually took responsibility for it and created your own magazine to be able to give the view and the information as you know it so that others can have that and set it up so it can be done on a global basis so you were selected as yale university's yale young global scholars for 2021 what what's that about oh yes so Yearly Young Global Scholars is actually a summer program for high school students. It's actually highly selective and it's actually highly selective and they have a couple of programs. Um, the one I've selected is Literature, Philosophy and Culture. And the application process is um, much uh, similar to the college application process where you have to write essays, you're judged not just based on academics, not just on your GPA, but you're also judged on the basis of your extracurriculars, your essays, letter of recommendations, a lot of stuff. So it was like a pre-college summer program or an application process gave a glimpse of what the college application would actually look like. So I applied to Yale Young Global Scholars for the first time with a lot of anxiety, a lot of hopes, a lot of dreams. And I received a result in December that yes, I was selected for the program and it has been a long dream for me to participate in an international program and especially as prestigious as Yale Young Global Scholars because everyone knows that Yale University is a much prestige institution and more than the prestige, it's also about the experience that it can provide to a person. But unfortunately, it has turned online this year because of the pandemic, but still, it, I'm sure, I'm 100% sure that it will be a much enriching experience as they have uh, guaranteed us about. I'm sure it is. There's a lot of, I mean, as education has gone online, there's still people getting their uh, their degrees and learning and uh, experiencing. And a lot of this stuff is done on um, video platforms, whether it's Zoom or whatever else. But there's a lot of, of still amazing uh, information to be gained and, and knowledge to be learned. So now when we first met, you had done, it was, you had taken the Elrond Hubbard Writers of the Future Online Writing Workshop. How did you find out about that? Oh, I, I, found, I was actually, um, it was once upon a time where I was Googling, uh, where I was searching for some writing workshops where I could actually develop and develop my writing style because you can't know everything by yourself. You need something to point out your mistakes and you need some you need some platform or some sort of course where you can actually learn things from the experts. So 
as I had always been participating in Elwan Hubbard's uh, Writers of the Future contest as well as Illustrators of the Future contest. So I found this workshop quite easily on your website. And I must say, it was quite enriching uh, for me. It was a really good learning experience for me because it was a course with many steps where you were allowed to pause and there were many activities there because it's not just about reading and learning things. It's actually about, it's also about implementing implementing things because there were many steps in your workshop where you had to actually complete all those activities and you had to check out, you have to just check the steps and you had to go forward and forward and you have to read essays from experts and writers. So yeah, that was quite a very good experience for me. It just actually helped me in my writing. That's great. Any particular of the um, points that stand out for you that were most memorable for you? Oh, yes. Uh, one point which actually stood out for me was it's not just about reading and learning things. It's also about implementing things. So it was written, I think, in the second part or the second element of the workshop where you had to actually implement those things by completing an activity like um, just writing down three ideas that come to you before writing a story, before uh, write down three objects or write down uh, three reference books which you can refer to a library and you can utilize them for writing your story or your essay. So I think this concept of actually implementing things in your writing has actually helped me because most of the times whatever be the quality of the workshop or whatever be the course about, we generally tend to just read things and learn things and not implement the, implement these things in our uh, writing. So this thing actually stood out to me from the workshop. That's great. That's one of the, there's about 10 essays in that course by L. Ron Hubbard and that whole system of immediate application of like, on his essay, Search for Research, you know, going to the library is definitely one resource, but actually you have to get out and look and see and not just think about what a taxi driver in in a city that's got bad traffic, how they handle their, their job if you're going to write that type of a story or how you need to actually look and see and learn to find out so that you have some sense of reality. Otherwise, oh, nobody's yes. interested in nobody's yes, interested totally. in story. So that whole format was something that was created by him on when he wrote his essays back in the 1930s and 40s to help other aspiring writers, which is why we created this whole course. So, any of the other essays that Mr. Hubbard wrote that stood out for you? Um, yes, one more element. There was this paragraph written in one of these essays by Elwin Hubbard that. Um, if I'm in Mumbai and I'm thinking about writing a story based in Paris, now I'm using different locations because I don't remember the actual location given in the workshop, but the concept was that if you're located in Mumbai and you're always waiting for a very long time to write a story based in Paris, and because Paris has a very good landscape and it has a lot of good things that you can write about, you will always be waiting for a forever amount of time to just write the story in that landscape. So it had been written that wherever you're situated, um, the location, it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be quite impressive. You just need to pick out the elements that sound impressive to the reader 
because uh, he has stated that every landscape, every location always has something intriguing or has something impressive to be written about. You just need to have the eyes to search about it rather than waiting for the ideal location, ideal time, and ideal storyline. That's very good. Now, you said you found out about this course because you were already familiar with Writers of the Future? Oh, yes. So, have you already been, had you been writing and entering to Writers of the Future competition? Oh, I have, I have already entered for the contest um, three times and I've just entered the Illustrators of the Future contest. And I find it pretty impressive. I find the contest to be pretty accessible and pretty impressive because there's no contest fee. And it's a contest where it's a quarterly contest. So you can enter four times in a year. There's a lot of scope for improvement. And you can always try things and you can always learn a lot and you can keep improving yourself and enter as many times as you can because there's a lot of possibility of uh, scope of improvement uh, in the contest. And it's also quite accessible because there's no contest fee. It's an international contest. It doesn't bias on your boundary or your nationality. And you're free to or enter. Your, or your age. Yes, or your age. That's actually quite important because I don't think so. There are many contests which actually allow a 16 or 15-year-old girl to actually enter. But yeah, this one is quite useful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you've entered three times and now you've submitted your, your fourth. So, um, which is going to be now your, your art, con the illustration contest, which is just, we've had, I think, three or four people over the 37 years of the contest who have won both the writer contest and the illustrator contest, um, who are just, they're just amazingly talented people. So we look forward to seeing how your uh, future rolls out on that in terms of both of the competitions that you've been entering. Uh, but we've never had somebody win both contests the same year. So maybe that's a, a challenge that you can take on, try to win both. Oh, surely, but, yes. Yeah. So how did you find out about the Writers of the Future contest originally? Oh, so it was, I think, back in early 2020 where I was um, typing this in my search bar, um, literary contest for young people. I searched this because I had never, ever found out a literary contest which was free and which, actually, which was actually open to people under the age of 18 and specifically people under the age of 16. So I tried to search this, and I the first result was L. Ron Hubbard's Writers of the Future contest. And when I actually read the eligibility instructions, it was quite clear, and it was actually very delightful to know that the contest was open to 16-year-olds, 10-year-olds, to 80-year-olds. Like, it it didn't uh, bias on the basis of your age, which is quite important because you can write at any age. Yes, you That's can paint right. at any age. Yeah, I think the oldest person that submitted to the contest was 101 years old. Wow, it's, it's quite yeah. astonishing. Yeah, and it's quite delightful yes. to know. Yes. Okay, that, that's good. So now, with respect to other aspiring writers and artists, and probably addressing the younger audience, um, although this would apply to anybody, what have you learned from the, you know, from your having entered so many times, 
from your own experience, you know, on writing and submitting to your other competitions and then taking the online writing workshop, what advice or what thoughts do you have that you can share with others to help them? Oh, yes, I do have some. So since entering the contest for the first time, what I've realized that while entering L. Ron Hubbard's Writers of the Future contest, as well as the Illustrators of the Future contest, there's a lot of scope for improvement because you can enter four times in a year, which is which is huge and which is actually quite nice to know. And um, specifically for improving yourself, what you've got to do is you've got to read the winning essays or you've got to observe the winning uh, illustrations of the contest because I think that's what helps you to realize your mistakes to realize where you're lagging behind and where you have actually got to improve because there are a lot of free resources available where you can read um, those experts from from the winning essays where you can also observe those paintings because I've seen your social media page um, writers of the future contest where there are some uh, winning illustrations available on your Instagram, which uh, any illustrator can observe and imp- and try to implement those in your own painting and try to realize where you're actually lacking behind. And as for the writer's contest, um, I think you can definitely buy the books, the books with the winning essays, and you can definitely try to improve your writing and keep on entering as many times as you can because there's no harm in entering the contest, right? Correct. Absolutely. You have nothing to lose and everything to win. Oh, yes, totally. So on, in terms of balancing your, your schedule as a student, as well as then writing your stories, how do you do that? What's like, when do you put in time to do your writing versus, um, you know, like your your short stories that you submit or articles that you write or then doing your, your homework? Oh, oh my God! If I if I tell you that it's it's quite simple, or perhaps it's 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 actually quite weird that anxiety makes me do it. Um. So, basically, um, on much broader terms, being be it working for my magazine or be it writing poetry or entering contest, these elements of extracurriculars in my magazine are actually some fun tasks, which are actually not tasks for me. They're actually um, like spending your pastime in an activity which you actually love doing. So it is not like a burden on my to-do list. So I actually quite enjoy working on the magazine. I, I enjoy collaborating with my team. I enjoy um, entering contests like Illustrators of the Future. And because there's a lot of joy while working on your extracurriculars or working on your magazine. And on the other hand, managing studies has always been a challenge, not for me, but for every other student because these days there are a lot of activities that high schoolers have to actually do because they also standardize tests there's also this gpa that you have to maintain and as well as you have to also keep in mind your mental health because all these things actually matter how have been managing these things so i've been using um google calendar for for actually scheduling things and just trying to figure out how do i do it so Basically, anxiety makes me do these things. And on the other hand, for your GPA, for, for maintaining your GPA or for getting good score at your standardized test, I don't think so. There is any other option than giving your best. So 
in terms of managing my schoolwork, um, there's no other option than actually doing it. So the fact that I have no other option makes me actually do this work. And in terms of managing my magazine or managing my extracurriculars and writing things, painting, these are actually fun tasks, which I actually love. So it's not a, quite a burden for me. Yes. Okay. How many hours a week does your magazine uh, require from you? Okay, so it takes up one and a half hour per day. So you can count it on as 12 or 10 hours per week. That's actually huge. But yeah, I'm trying to figure out things. <laughs> okay, so you do 10 hours a week then for your magazine. And then you've got your... You've got a whole network of, of uh, contributors, and you said in 27 different countries? Oh, yeah. No, I said 16 plus different countries. Uh, but yeah, my team members make it actually easy for me to manage my magazine. But when you've got a team, and when you're the administrator of your organization, there's also a lot of work that comes into actually managing the team because your team wouldn't move forward unless you actually instruct them to do something and you actually right. try to uh, motivate them to do something. So there's also this fact of arranging workshops for them and trying to motivate them and trying to organize my magazine into different teams and trying to assign heads of the magazine, trying to assign tasks for them. So um, yes, all these things actually take, take up a lot of time, but they have made it a lot easy for me to manage my magazine. Sure. Now, are you still are you are you open for other people to uh, contribute? Oh yes, totally. Uh, yes, we accept submissions from writers other than our team members on a monthly basis. So you can uh, view our social media page for daily updates. We also do a lot of uh, workshops, a lot of takeovers, a lot of fun activities for our readers. So you can just look out on our Instagram page, the.youthmag. It's T-H-E dot youthmag. For Facebook, it's the.youthmagzine. So we are not active on Twitter. We actually have a website, though. It's www.youthmag.net. Good, because I think anybody listening to this podcast, if you want to be able to uh, contribute and you'd like to have an opportunity to submit a, a story for this, um, I've... I've seen some of the different issues of the magazine, and it's, it's really impressive, but it's all done by by the youth, you know, by uh, Bagashri and the uh, all the other contributors. So if you're interested in doing that, then uh, do check it out to be able to uh, submit your your article to be able to contribute to this. I think this is this is amazing. Oh, yes, it's it actually is because there are a lot of topics also that we cover. So for our latest issue, the topic has been expression which I think is quite, um, which is quite, there's a lot of scope for writing about your expression. So what you feel about painting, what you feel about writing, how it gives you joy. So that's our topic for our latest issue. That's great. And every 45 days, you have another one with another major topic. Oh, so, yes. so then any particular advice or tips that you want to give to Listening, I know you've you've been given quite a bit, but just in, as we wrap up this this interview here, any other tips that you'd give on on how to get going in writing and how to just make that difference in your in your decision to, that if you want to become a writer or oh, artist? Yes. yes. 
So to all those listening to this podcast, whatever be your age, whatever be um, the place where you're born, whatever be any sort of boundaries that might be restricting you from doing things, never give up because you're capable of doing anything and everything in this world and always believe in your dreams. Dreams are something that are actually quite amazing which help you achieve your dream life and always focus on your goals and focus on who you actually are, what makes you different, what makes you unique and try to achieve that and try to give in your best efforts and never be afraid of failing because there's always a lot of scope for improvement and keep learning. Well, that sounds pretty good from a very learned inexperienced and wise baggagery. <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> yes. And thank you for listening. Subscribe to the Writers of the Future podcast on SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts. We've also been syndicated on the United Public Radio Network where you can find these podcasts as well. Writers and Illustrators of the Future are contests created by Elwin Hubbard to provide a means for the aspiring writer and artist to be seen and acknowledged. It is free to enter and open to amateur short story writers and artists of science fiction or fantasy. Again, thank you very much, Bagashree. Thank you so much for having me there. It has been an honor for me. Great, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>